Welcome. I'm Leslie Canham. I'm Mary Gavoni. I'm Linda Harvey. I'm Olivia Wan, and together we are the Compliance Divas. Welcome to this special edition of the Compliance Divas podcast. I'm Mary Gavoni, and I'll be your moderator for this episode. And we're bringing this to you because it's late breaking information about the COVID 19 variants. We bring clarity and simplicity to compliance by navigating the regulatory world to keep you on course. You can subscribe to the Compliance Divas podcast through your favorite podcast channel or on our website, thecompliancedivas.com. All the resources we will mention during our podcast can be found on the Compliance Divas website thecompliancedivas.com, and you can submit questions to support at thecompliancedivas.com. So most of our listeners have no doubt heard all the news over the last few days about the Omicron or Omicron, deciding on how you pronounce it, variant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. It's getting lots of press, Um, We're hearing lots of varying numbers of how many cases there are in the U.S. It is a variant that we know was discovered in South Africa, and then it was discovered in the U.K., and now it's in quite a number of countries. And because it's still a new variant, we don't know everything that there is to know about this variant, so we don't want everyone to panic about it. And in the meantime, the Delta variant, about which much more is known, continues to spread at pretty high levels around the country. So we're going to start off with Linda, who is going to give us a summary of what we do know and maybe a little hint of what we don't know yet about the Omicron virus. Thank you, Mary. Yes, this is late breaking news, as you just mentioned, and this this variant was discovered less than a month ago. So everyone is trying to make sense of it and learn as fast as we can about this variant in all the different countries, not just the United States here. But we know that the Omicron virus most notably has 10 variants on a key protein, and that's what helps the virus infect humans more easily as compared to Delta having only two mutations on a key protein and the beta uh, variant that has three mutations. So that's one of the main differences when you look at it um, microscopically. The Center for Disease Control has categorized Omicron as a variant of concern. That is the same category that Delta has been placed in, which is under the CDC classifications is the third highest level. And under the CDC classifications, you have the variant being monitored, a variant of interest, the variant of concern, which is where the Omicron and Delta are, and then the variant of high consequence. So this is where it's been categorized, I think, until all the agencies know more about this variant to determine does it really belong there or not. And I think that's an unknown. It's too soon to um, not know where to place this. Most recently, we've all heard that there's at least cases in 20 states, um, and that number is rapidly moving. Uh, Numbers keep increasing. Um, Through our diva Leslie here, we know that the first case was in California, and that individual had come back from traveling to South Africa The second case was in Minnesota, where that individual had traveled to New York City and attended a conference. I was very happy to learn that that individual had not attended the Greater New York Dental Meeting. (laughs) So so I kind of chuckle when I say that because it was a different conference that they attended. Now we know that there are 12 cases in New York State. And so there are other numbers around that keep popping up. And as you mentioned, everything is current, Mary, as of the recording, this today's recording, which is 
December 6th. So by the time our listeners hear this podcast, the numbers will have changed, but at least we know what this variant is about, the number of variants on the key protein, where it's classified by the CDC as a variant of concern. We know that it's very easily transmitted, but so far it presents milder illness with no prominent symptoms. And that's good news right now. Although, um, and also I wanna say that there was no loss of taste or smell in the patients that were noted in South Africa that we started with. So, so this is sort of where we know right now, we're just waiting to see, is it gonna evade vaccines and antibodies and where all that comes into play? So I think it's not time to hit a panic mode yet, but as our other deepers will talk about, you know, some of the strategies that we have in place that we will continue to follow. So that's my update, Mary, as far as what we've heard, what we know and what we don't know. Fantastic, Linda. That is really, really helpful information. And we will have one of the resources on the Compliance Divas website will be a statement that was issued by the CDC today, December 6th. And that is their latest statement or information compilation of, of data. So Olivia, will you share with us why we still need to be concerned about the Delta variant? Sure, Mary. According to CDC, the Delta variant causes more infections and spreads faster than the original SARS-CoV-2 strain of the virus that causes COVID-19. And when we look at the information, Delta strain was spreading 50% faster than alpha, and it's actually 50% more contagious than the original strain. And according to Yale epidemiologists, in an unmitigated environment, meaning no vaccines, no masking, uh, the average infected person could spread to two and a half people. And Delta could actually spread to three to four people. So because of the math, Delta cases can grow exponentially and faster. So for unvaccinated persons, it presents a very, very serious risk. As a matter of fact, Delta accounts for 99% of the cases of COVID right now. And fully vaccinated people who become infected with Delta variant can be infectious and spread the virus to other people, which is really concerning despite the vaccine. But yet on the other hand, if someone is vaccinated and they have a breakthrough infection, it's less likely that it would be a serious case of COVID requiring hospitalization. So I think that Although the new variant is grabbing people's attention, we still need to focus on Delta and the special controls that need to be in place to promote safety. Thank you so much, Olivia. The one good thing that I heard several times on the news today is that the concern about Omicron, and we don't really know enough about it yet, is spurring a higher level of interest in vaccinations for people who are unvaccinated altogether and for vaccinated individuals to get boosters. So hopefully that will be its mission to get more people to be, um, to be vaccinated. So Leslie, let's talk or let's have you talk about how vaccines 
um, change the picture in terms of what we're doing to protect healthcare workers and patients? Well, certainly, Mary, we have great evidence that uh, vaccinations work. We know that they protect family members. So you're not only protecting yourself, you're protecting your family and your community. And now vaccinations are even actually uh, authorized for children um, who are five years or older. Many of our patients do have children who are five, who are under five years old, who are not eligible for vaccination. So they are certainly at risk. The best thing we can do is get vaccinated and encourage our patients to get vaccinated to protect the community. That's of course first and foremost, and of course all the other precautions, wearing a mask uh, when we're in areas of high numbers of COVID nineteen uh, cases. And and uh, I know our resources will show our viewer or listeners will show our listeners where we have the areas of high transmission. And today, uh, vaccinations are not complete with just the first and second dose of the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine or the single dose of the Johnson & Johnson. Now, CDC is recommending that everybody get a booster shot. And everyone, at least ages 18 and older at this point, we know that the authorization is for uh, the Pfizer or Moderna for everyone over 18, six months after completing their first and second COVID-19 vaccination. And then if the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccination was received, everyone 18 years and older should get a booster at least two months after completing their first COVID-19 vaccination. Now, the importance of scheduling this vaccination booster is that there's data that supports a need for boosters. And the studies show that after getting vaccinated uh, against COVID-19, protection against the virus and the ability to prevent infection with variants may decrease over time. So with the recent emergence of the Omicron variant, uh, it further emphasizes the importance for vaccinations, boosters, and prevention efforts. And I'm going to stress prevention efforts of masking and, and uh, you know, good cough etiquette and hand hygiene, all of those measures in place. Because while we don't have all the facts surrounding Omicron, we have early data from South Africa that suggests increased transmissibility of that Omicron variant and the potential uh, for immune evasion. And another point that we have from South Africa is the emerging evidence also shows that among healthcare workers and other frontline workers, vaccine effectiveness against COVID-19 infections is also decreasing over time. And that's my update, Mary. Thank you, Leslie. That was a great, great synopsis. And that leads us then to the biggest question about what do we do or do we even need to do anything differently in our practices, protecting patients and employees and visitors into the dental offices because of this new variant? And the answer should be no, because we shouldn't have stopped screening anyone coming into the practice for symptoms. We should not have necessarily stopped taking temperatures because remember fever is a symptom of COVID and how else are you going to detect that symptom unless you take a temperature and then documenting that we've done that screening. So whether employees are vaccinated or not, whether patients or visitors are vaccinated or not, 
screening is as important as it has ever been in helping to keep our dental practices safe. And Leslie, you wanted to share a little bit more information about vaccinations and boosters related to the use of PPE. That's right, Mary. I don't want our listeners to let down their guard simply because they're vaccinated and boosted. We still don't know what we don't know. We could still be exposed and infection can transmit to fully vaccinated and boosted individuals as we are hearing of cases like this. Uh, In dentistry, we wanna be healthy. We wanna continue to work. We don't wanna be a source of transmission of infection to either our patients or our coworkers or or our employers for that matter. So wearing PPE, uh, and I encourage the use of continuing to use uh, N95 respirators until we understand more and have a better feel for how we are going to be dealing with this pandemic if we're gonna have it going on forever as an endemic uh, and what other respiratory uh, viruses we may encounter and bacteria for that matter. So uh, not only wearing the right PPE, but wearing that PPE correctly is essential. Let's not let down our guard. Absolutely, Leslie, I agree with you 100%. And that's the reason why we brought this episode to our listeners um, so quickly, um, as quickly as we could, so that we can get this information out and help to allay some of the confusion. So any of our divas, um, please chime in if you have anything else that you'd like to um, share as we kind of wrap up this episode, anything we may have left out. Olivia. Sure. I just want to emphasize that the divas are not promoting fear. We are promoting knowledge and for everyone to take the necessary precautions because we are promoting safety in dentistry and the divas want all of our listeners to have a very long career in the dental profession. Well said. Linda, anything to add? Absolutely. That was well said, Olivia. Perfect. So as of today, December 6th, this is what, as we said earlier, Mary, this is the information that we know as of this recording. I would like to remind our listeners that we have many other podcasts on topics that will benefit them throughout this continued pandemic situation, air quality, the human side of HR, how airflow and suction protects us. And we did two podcasts on the September 10th CDC update. So if they have, if our listeners have not yet had a chance to check into those podcasts, I would highly recommend they do so and share it with their team members. Fabulous. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you joining us for this special episode. We bring clarity and simplicity to compliance by navigating the regulatory world to keep you on course. You can submit any questions from this or other podcasts by email to support at thecompliancedivas.com. Please go to our website, thecompliancedivas.com, and look at and review and download, if you choose to, all the many, many resources we have there for you. So thank you again for joining us. And join us for the next episode.